My name is Hugh, I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic, and um, I'm really grateful to be here today. Um, these, uh, the pandemic is a tragedy, of course, but uh, it's, it's opened up a, a world for me that um, has been super important for my recovery. I live in a town that does not have face-to-face meetings. I have to drive you know, 30 to 40 minutes to be able to do that, and that's difficult with, um, with my job. So, uh, yeah, so um, uh, I understand that this is also going to be a podcast. Podcasts have been helping keeping me afloat um, out here in the wilderness. So um, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of technology, and I'm, I'm grateful that you guys have organized it this way. So um, we read uh, the last part of the fifth step, um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of the step in general. My experiences with uh, fourth and fifth steps before the before OA, because I was in another program um, during an early programming recently, and uh, I want to wrap it up with um, a fun little metaphor I was playing around with last night. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I used to live in San Francisco, and I... Um, I, yeah, it's just great to, to reconnect with you guys. Um, so in terms of the step itself, uh, you know, I've always thought the fifth step is really pretty simple. You know, it's, you know, the exact text is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And um, it comes right after the fourth step where you take a moral inventory, which is kind of like an honest appraisal of yourself. And, um, and the sharing of it with another person and um, with your conception of a higher power is is just kind of like a such important completion of that. You know, like I can keep the list and make it in my head, but um, it becomes so much more tangible and real when I talk to another person and they mirror and reflect it back to me and share their experience with those same um, character defects and uh, show some hope. You know, they give me some hope. Um, and that's, that's just instrumental. Um, I love that OA has um, the spiritual basis of the steps. And uh, so I looked at the spiritual basis for this step last night. And it's integrity, which is really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about integrity in the past month. And the uh, etymology of that word is like wholeness or completeness. Um, and you know, that's what I, I strive for in recovery. Um, you know, I want to be the person I am at work, um, that I am in my relationships, that I am at, um, at, at uh, you know, um, anywhere else, you know, I go in life. I, I don't want to be keeping secrets. I don't want to be feeling like there's a hole inside me. And that, um, that feeling of incompleteness, of having a hole, like a spiritual hole, uh, what's as part of um, you know early recovery and like the more I participate in program the more that hole just kind of just slowly getting filled in um, so yeah it's kind of the big picture about this step um, uh, when I was reading it last night in the 12 by 12 it mentioned something about you know the step will end our isolation and that really resonated with me um, especially now living out here in the wilderness um I felt pretty isolated. Um, you know, the, the idea of hiding stuff, you know, my food behavior or 
my resentments or whatever, you know, is, is the basis of my isolation. And so the act of going through and, and sharing that with, uh, you know, a, a, a kind and accepting sponsor, um, is just magical. It's just really, it's just unbelievable how it works. So, um, a little bit about my story. Um, I came in for another program, um, and I'm kind of the poster child about how the credits don't transfer when you're in the other program. So, um, you know, with that addiction, uh, I had, you know, many years I worked the steps with several different sponsors. I had a pretty good idea of like what a fourth and fifth step was and how it related to the other steps in the program. Um, during that time when I was living in San Francisco and, and working this other program, I was living with uh, a romantic partner who um, was still in her addiction. And um, and that just brought up so many feelings, and it was so dysfunctional, um, and it was so hard that I couldn't put the food down. Um, even though I could put the other substance down, like I would still just eat them the food. Because, you know, my life had all these crazy ups and downs because I was living with an addict. Um, I finally encountered OA through one of the day of OA events. Um, so it was kind of like an all-day workshop where um, speakers spoke and people did little kind of like game-type things to interact and get to know each other. And, um, you know, like I knew what to do to participate in a 12-step program. I knew I knew I had to find a sponsor. And, um, and I quickly found, you know, just the most awesome sponsor, uh, who just really fits with me. And I got a year of abstinence working the steps with that sponsor in San Francisco. I was doing, you know, a lot of meetings. I was, you know, kind of using as many tools of the program as I could. Um, my first fourth step with him used the traditional column method, um, and then, you know, we talked it over at a cafe. Um, it helped me get closer to him. Um, like I said earlier, like, you know, he just mirrored some of those same experiences. You know, he said, like, oh, yeah, I did that too, you know. Um, and so that brought out, brought away a lot of the shame. Um, and for me, like, shame's a big part of it because I'm a guy, and I'm a guy with bulimia. And in our culture, that's kind of gendered. You know, you think about, you know, anorexia and bulimia as being more prevalent in uh, a female population than a male population. But, you know, guys get it too. Um, um, yeah, so uh, living in San Francisco um, in that other program, um, I kind of took a weird path in my professional life. That other program really stresses being of service to others. Um, so I took it to an extreme, and instead of, you know, just stacking chairs at a meeting, um, I decided to go to medical school, um, and uh, it took a lot of work, and it meant that ultimately when I was accepted, I had to move to another town, and um, this town doesn't have meetings. So I left behind my support network. I was all of a sudden around a bunch of people much younger than me, who <laughs> um, were, and we were all just kind of overwhelmed by the amount of studying and work that you have to do just to keep your head above water in school. Um, medical school plays a lot into my character defects. You know, I already kind of knew what some of the big ones were. Um, perfectionism is one. You know, I identified low self-esteem um, as another. 
And um, medicine is a field that really selects for people with perfectionism. Like every exam we took were graded and ranked against each other. You can see like what part of the statistical distribution you are. Um, which, you know, it's, it's a real nice, you know, kick for the old self-esteem to see that like I'm in the, you know, bottom 20%, 25% of my class. Um, an interesting thing that um, happened during my first year is, you know, we did these orientation activities and I learned that about 20% of my classmates, um, you know, in our discussions, like admitted to having eating disorders or body dysmorphia. So if you ever walk into a doctor's office, there's a good chance that you may be talking to a um, compulsive overeater, anorexic, or bulimic. Um, almost 100% guaranteed that they have some of my character defects like perfectionism. So um, out there trying to you know, do medical school, I was still enmeshed with this dysfunctional partner. Um, but I kept up contact with my sponsor, and um, I kind of worked the bare minimum um, of a program. Um, I soon found myself in relapse, um, so I was I was using food to escape, you know, the pressures of of school and uh, the ending of a long term relationship. Um, so steps four and five really helped me keep my head above water. Um, you know, I would see my sponsor. Every couple of weeks, face to face, we would talk on the phone. Um, I did a lot of fourth and fifth steps, and you know, the poor guy had to listen to me talk again and again about the same fears and the same resentments. Um, you know, like the the book suggests, the twelve by twelve. You know, I came up with a, a list of my character defects, and I carried it on my phone, so um, I knew what they were. <laughs> um, in our conversations, um, he would talk about the importance of taking contrary action when I could identify that a character defect was at work in my life. Um, and that's kind of part of the fruits of, of working the fifth step. It's like I can start to, to see when these defects are coming up and name them and maybe do something different, you know, which kind of blends into step six and seven. So to get current, um, you know, that relationship, you know, has faded. Um, and today I feel like I have more solid footing in OA. Um, for me, the key is really being super honest about everything. Um, you know, in, in steps like one or two, you know, like I, I really wasn't accepting that, you know, I couldn't make little changes to my food plan. And now, like, I realize, like, I have to, like, just be honest about everything. And it's... It's not a high hurdle, you know, like, and when I am more honest, um, it, it just brings better results. Um, these Zoom meetings during the pandemic have helped me reconnect with fellows in the program, so I'm starting to, you know, get telephone numbers and, and use the phone. Um, and uh, that's just been incredible. So um, I don't know what the future holds, but I hope it holds some way for technology to kind of keep us bound together. Uh, because the the power of the fellowship, um, along with the steps, is amazing. You know, because I've worked a fifth step and been honest with the sponsor, I can take a phone call from a fellow in distress and be honest about my experiences with whatever issue we're discussing, reflect it back to them, and um, and offer some experience, strength, and hope. You know, for lack of a better word. 
Um, I was also thinking about um, how the fifth step is working in my life today. Um, I think it's been maybe, I don't know, a month or two since I've done a fourth or fifth step. Um, but um, there were two things in the past week that happened. Um, so first of all, I last weekend I took a trip to visit my family out east, and um, I love my family to death, but, you know, they all have a complicated relationship with food. They, um, you know, were obese for a long part of my life. Um, there's always this focus on food. People talk about food. It just drives me crazy because I, I want to have a neutral relationship with food. Um, I, you know, want to have a food plan that is healthy and supports me to do the things I, I need to do in life. Um, it's not, um, it's not a game for me, you know? Um, so I've never been able to maintain abstinence when I visited family. Um, and you know, there's all sorts of family dynamics, just like any, any other family. And I was able to maintain my abstinence during that time. And I was able to have, um, a really special time with, um, all sorts of different family members, you know, nephews, my sister, my parents. Um, and I was able to turn the switch from a character defect, which I identified. That character defect is judgment. You know, I always walk into a situation and I think like, well, you know, I, I can kind of see a better way of doing this. And, you know, um, you know, I, I can have opinions and, and, take people's inventory and be judgmental. And, um, you know, that's just not a loving thing. Um, so I, I got to be loving to my family. I got to be more of service and just listen and accept them for who they are. And we all had a bunch of fun. And I didn't, um, you know, binge and purge. I wasn't hiding stuff. Um, I was able to say no <laughs> when they kept um, offering more and more food to me. Um, and so that's a small miracle. And it, it only happened because I've done a fifth step and I've been able to identify my character defects. I've been able to name them and take contrary action. Um, the second uh, thing that happened this week that was pretty, you know, pretty emotionally epic for me was I, um, I was working out and I dropped a 35-pound um, uh, barbell plate on my foot and uh, hit my little pinky toe and I was convinced that I, I um, broke it because um, it had all the signs of it. It was swelling up. Um, I was just in kind of constant pain. And like my pinky toe is like the least consequential bone in my body. Like literally, like it doesn't really do much of anything. It's not important for like my gait or for walking. Like it just kind of hangs out, right? But, um, but it was all I could think about, you know, I had like visions for the future of things I wanted to do, um, physically. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do those things. And I was just full of self pity. And, um, you know, like I know when I'm in that because I've done four and five and like, I know like, oh, I'm in self pity right now. And, um, and reconnecting with people, uh, in OA has like helped helped me break that cycle. You know, I needed to spend some time with the fellow and talk honestly and openly about what was going on. 
and have a laugh about it. You know, like we were able to, to laugh about it because it's funny, you know, character defects. At the end of the day, like, um, you know, they can be kind of funny. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had, uh, we shared a meal, we went out to this kind of amazing thing that's happening organically in the East Bay where people are playing music on their porches and respecting social distancing yet um, still having a sense of community. And, um, you know, I got out of my head. I wasn't full of self-pity anymore. I was like, hey, I'm part of this beautiful thing that's going on in the world in the midst of a pandemic where people are sharing joy and connection. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was able to stay absent yesterday, even though it was like a rocky day. Like, I started to have some negative food thoughts. Um, but... Again, because I have worked four and five, I was able to name them and not be swept away by it. Um, I have to say, just like as, a, as an aside, um, prayer and meditation are talked about in this program. Um, and I think what's kind of helped me with um, that awareness is uh, having a little bit of a meditation program. Um, but that's just what works for me. Um, other people can have other experiences with five, but you know the the way like um, some other program literature is written, like the AA program literature, they suggest after step five, taking it with another person, having a moment of meditation or prayer, where you connect with your higher power and um, and just kind of reflect on what you just did, and reflect on that honesty that you had um, with another person. Um, it's written into the step. We admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So um, don't skip on that part. Um, I was thinking last night about a metaphor, because I like metaphors, and uh, the one that I wanted to wrap up with was um, about uh, about little kids, uh, you know, babies and toddlers uh, growing up and learning language. I, I live in a house with a married couple. Um, they have a 18 month old kid and, um, you know, I've seen her since she was born and, um, you know, there's this whole process of learning language and developmental milestones and stuff that they teach us in school. So at first kids say like very simple sounds like ba or ta. And I was reflecting on that and I was like, that was me in my original, um, 12 step program. I could pronounce the most basic of character defects, uh, you know. Um, but as kids age, they acquire more words. So, you know, like by like one year, I think it's should have about 10 words. Um, that's kind of like the normal. Um, and that was me at the, that was me during the first year of med school. I just had about 10 words, 10 character defects, uh, fears and resentments that I would keep repeating to my sponsor again and again. Um, but as kids approach ages two and three, they're able to kind of put words together and uh, come up with like more complicated um, thoughts. You know, they start to express themselves. They say like, you know, mommy, water, or up, please. And that's that's about where I feel like I am with my character defects. I can name them and kind of string them together in like some way that's intelligible to my sponsor. And um, you can understand it um, and uh, kind of help point me in the right direction and, um, and stuff. And I, I like that metaphor because, like, 
you know, kids don't just stop growing. Like we keep growing throughout our lives and you know, we become more and more fluent. Um, we develop our own vocabulary, our own way of speaking, um, being heard. Um, and that's part of like the magic of being like an individual that, you know, um, our higher powers created. And so I, I have faith that if I continue in this program and if I, um, keep working the steps, um, I, I'm of the belief that it's not one and done, like just kind of keep going through the steps. Or I'm going to find something different every time I go through them. Like I will enlarge my life. I will be more honest with myself. I'll be able to name more facets of my weaknesses and of my strengths. And with that, I'll get freedom from the obsession with food and I'll become more connected with my community and kind of better able to be of service to others and enjoy um, just the beautiful things of life. So that's kind of my feelings about steps five. Um, I think I think that's about all I have to say about it. Other than like I'm just grateful for how OA has taken you know an idea from you know the from AA and just made it its own. And like we were reading through the 12 by 12 before and it mentioned things like trauma and it mentioned um, other stuff that I think is kind of peculiar to uh, this disease. And um, it's just such a, a loving and gentle take on the fifth step. Um, you know, it's not do or die. I mean, it's certainly important um, if I don't work the steps, if um, I don't do the work, um, I certainly will die from this disease, you know, because something like bulimia has, it can have a horrible mortality rate in the short term. And, you know, other forms of um, compulsive overeating, you know, can hurt us over the long term as well. So um, it's do or die, but it's like gentle. So it's a, it's a great combination of, of stuff. And I'm just, just so grateful I found it, and I'm grateful that uh, you guys asked me to share um, where I'm at today, which is like a place of peace, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep coming back, whether it's by Zoom or phone, face to face. Connecting with you guys is super important. So thank you.